0: continue our series today, you know, you, you might be surprised that uh, nowhere in the movie Casablanca does Rick ever say, play it again, Sam. Also, in over 79 Star Trek episodes and six movies, no one actually ever says, beam me up, Scotty. But people all assume that uh, these cliches and many others are from the film and movies they attribute them to. Well, you know, it works the same with the Bible. There are all kinds of things that people assume that the Bible says that the Bible really doesn't say. It's twisted. At the top of the list of all the things that people believe, uh, <clears throat> according to a recent poll, uh, is that, uh, that that's not actually in the Bible. Is that the Lord helps those who helps themselves? Have you ever heard that before? That the Lord only helps those who helps themselves. We'd be helpless. Uh, if it wasn't me, uh, for the Lord when it comes to our salvation and many other things. The Lord helps those who help themselves. With something like 80% of Christians believe that quote is from the Bible. But it's actually from the ancient Greek, and it was quoted by the way of Benjamin Franklin. Uh, But in a, a close second is the statement, God will not give you more than you can handle. That's, that's closely uh, second to um, the Lord only helps those who help themselves is the fact that God will not give you more than you can handle. Now, uh, that's, uh, it, it's often quoted uh, to people who are going through times of distress and, and difficulty, and, and it's quoted with great certainty. You see, everything will be all right. The one suffering is told. Uh, God wouldn't have given you this uh, burden if you couldn't handle it. And that's twisted. That's a twisted belief to think that. You see, some of you right now are going through more than you can handle. It could be financial debt. I mean, you're just, I mean, you're just struggling financially with your finances, and they're piled high, and you just can't seem to get out of debt. And the more and more you try, the deeper it seems you get, or you just got a, a bad report from the doctor. Or you've had a health issue that just keeps, keeps on keeping on. Or, or you've been deeply hurt by someone you love. Or or maybe you're addicted and you just have prayed and prayed and prayed, Lord, deliver me. Or maybe your husband has walked out on you and left you to take care of yourself and to take care of the kids. Or you just lost your job. You don't know where to turn. or, 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 Or you're battling depression. Or the death of a loved one. But it never fails. No matter what you're going through, when it feels like it's piled high, and, and you just can't handle anymore, it, it never fails that, that, that some well-meaning Christian will come along and, and, and you're about to pull your hair out. I mean, you're just about to go crazy because you can't take it and someone will say this to you, don't worry, it's all going to be okay. Remember, God will never give you more than you can handle. And then you know what you think? Well, I must, God must not love me. You know, God must not love me because I've got more in my life right now than I can handle, and if God really loved me, he wouldn't put all this on me. Because if God doesn't give you any more than you handle, I can't handle this. And so he must not really love me. But we need to embrace the reality that when it comes to that, our thinking is twisted. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't teach that. Doesn't say it anywhere in the Bible. In fact, the truth is often, often opposite of this twisted thinking. You see, the Bible does not say God will give you uh, will not give you more than you can handle. That verse is the verse that's often used uh, to back up this twisted thinking. Is from 1 Corinthians. And it doesn't really say what many people assume it says. Here's what it says. God is faithful, and that's the truth, isn't it? God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. Now, here in this verse, Paul is reminding us that God will not allow believers to be tempted beyond what we can bear and what we can handle. Now, that is, there is no temptation that you and I could ever should ever feel powerless, powerless against because God will not let you be tempted by something you couldn't resist. You see, if you're being tempted, in Paul's thinking, it's something that you're strong enough to resist. Paul's saying to us here, there is no temptation that comes along that we sh- that should lead us to sin because God is faithful and he will give us a way out of that situation. Paul is saying we always have a choice to engage in sin or to run from it. Now, the promise is that God will always provide a way for for us to get away from it. With temptation, we have a choice. We have a choice when we're tempted. We have a choice to sin, or we have a choice to walk away. With With suffering, we often don't have a choice. We often don't have a choice when it comes... To suffering. In fact, we have plenty of scripture in the Bible that says the exact opposite of this twisted thinking. Paul himself said, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we've experienced in the providence of Asia. Now, listen, he said, We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. In other words, God, we got more going on, and we had more going on in Asia than we were able to handle. We couldn't endure, it was beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. I mean, he was, they were so burdened down with the pressures that that they've despaired life itself. And see, He said, indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Have you ever been that burdened? where you feel like you've just received the sentence of death and it might even be easier and more beneficial to be dead, that you've had so much pressure on you that you just can't handle it. You see, there's a big difference from saying God didn't give us any burdens we couldn't handle. You see, the psalmist said, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I'm exhausted And and David David said, I am completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. And in 1 Kings, an angel told Elijah, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. It's more than you can bear. It's more than you'll be able to handle. Even Jesus himself was overwhelmed by what what was happening to him. The Bible says Jesus began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Here's what Jesus says. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. The Bible said he was in so much anguish that he sweat and cried tears, drops of blood. You see, another problem with the twisted thinking that God will not give me more than I can handle is that life just doesn't bear that out. Our experience doesn't bear that out. I mean, you're a committed Christian, and you've given your life to Christ, and you serve him with your whole heart, but yet your life is overwhelmed with things that you cannot bear in your life, and so life doesn't bear out the fact that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. There's all kinds of things that happen to us that we can't handle. Sometimes our lives come crashing down around us, I mean, one day things are good, and all it takes is a phone call or an email or, or, or this or that, and all of a sudden life comes crashing down around us. It, it seems one thing after another comes our way until we finally say, I can't take it anymore. I'm at the end of my rope. I can't take it anymore. And if you're a believer, I want to tell you this morning, that is a great place to be. That is a great place to be be as a believer when we say, I can't handle it anymore. I'll explain more about that later. But first, let's discover why God would allow us to have more than we can handle. First of all, because he wants us to remember to depend on him. God wants us to remember to depend on him. Why? Now, you've got to admit, When things are going well in our lives, I mean, when things are hunky-dory, everything's good. I mean, my wife loves me. You know, finances are good. The kids are getting good grades. Man, they're coming home on time. They're not getting in trouble. My job is going well. My golf game's good. I mean, life is good. We tend to forget about God, don't we? We tend to forget about God. But man, you let something bad come along in our life. You you let something go bad for us. And we're on our knees quicker than you can say cheese whiz, aren't we? I mean, we are, I mean, wow, we hadn't done our devotions in a month. We haven't prayed in weeks. We haven't read our Bible. But you let something come bad in our life. And man, we're on our knees quicker than lightning. And we're praying and we're reading our Bible and we're fasting. And man, I mean, we depend on, we say, God, I need you. Because things have gone bad in my life. Man, we even go to church two or three weeks in a row because things are really bad. <laughs> Just a little sidebar there. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, when we're in the middle of the storms of life and we're overwhelmed by life and it, and it isn't going the way we want it to go, the first thing we mumble is why is this happening to me? God, why is this happening to me? God, why are you allowing this to happen in my life? I mean, it seems like he doesn't hear my prayers. It seems like all this stuff that's happening in my life, there is no way God is a loving God or he wouldn't allow this to happen in my life. And if God really loved me, he would stop this. I've said that. God, if you really love me, I mean, I serve you, you know, I work two days a week. Come on, give me a break, God. God must not love me. God must not be with me or all this stuff wouldn't be happening in my life. Have you ever been there? If we're honest. Sometimes God allows us to go through more than we can handle so we're remembered to depend on him. And it's during those difficult times when we can't handle it that God wants us to teach us, teach us to call on Him in our time of need, and not to things of the world. Because we sometimes, as Christians, we have a tendency rather than to go to God to go to the things the world offers. Man, I'm stressed out. This is more than I can handle. And so, the, so we go to the things the world offers. We go, you know, we 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 might uh, we we might go to food. We we'll say, well, I just I got to eat. You know, or I got to go shopping. I mean, I, I I've got to I got to take these pills. I got to drink this drink. I got to smoke this weed. I got to do something because I can't handle it anymore. And God is trying to teach us during those difficult times not to turn to the things of the world, the things that will eventually destroy us and make things worse. God's saying, I need you to remember to depend on me when life is more than you can handle. He wants us to depend. On him. I just did something there they taught us in, in uh, Bible college not to do. I just turned my back on you and walked away, around the other way. You're supposed to bike around like this. They video you and then they point out all your mistakes, and that was one of them. I don't know why that went through my head. <laughs> Y'all don't hear half of what goes through my head, believe me. <laughs> huh? No, don't go up there with gum and then you don't have to stick it under there. (laughs) But anyway, don't y'all get me off subject, okay? (laughs) We need to remember to depend on, David said this is in one of the many times that God allowed more than he could handle to happen to him. Here's what David said. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. You see, so if you're in the middle of a storm and you're doubting God's presence in your life, I want to encourage you today to call on God because the Lord is near to all who call on him. You know, the Bible says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You know, people say to me all the time, well, God's nowhere to be found. And the Bible clearly says, God says you draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So if you're not near to God today, who's moved? God said, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. And if you're not sensing God's presence in your life today, and I would say to you, draw near to God because he will draw near to you. That's a promise, and God is faithful. You see, when we seek him and draw near to him, he will reveal himself to us. I love this quote from Craig Crochelle. It said, never let the presence, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. i say that again because somebody, somebody really wants to hear this. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God because he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You see life is filled with ups and downs, mountaintops and valleys, but I can assure you of this. I've learned more about who I am and I've learned more about who more importantly about who God is in the valleys. I've learned more about who I am and who God is in the valleys than I've ever learned on the mountaintops. You see, it's in the valley when we need to depend on God. You see, it's in the valleys that God truly reveals his love to us. It's in the valleys. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You see, why would a loving God allow me to experience more than I can handle? It may be that he wants to remind us to depend on him and his presence in our lives. You see, if we're believers today, when we received Christ, he moved right in. When we invite him in, he came in literally by the power of the Holy Spirit, he lives in us. You see, it's when we can't handle life any longer that we experience the promise that God said in Hebrews 13:5, never will I leave you. That means he won't ever leave you. Never means never. How long is never? Forever. Never. Never, ever, ever. Never, 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 never will I leave you. Never, never, never will I forsake you. That's God. Once again, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Another reason that God may allow us to experience more than we can handle is so we can experience his power in our lives. You know, I, I believe as Christians, we have learned to rely more on our own power when life, goes, uh, when life has given us more than we can handle than we've learned to rely on God's power. You see, we were created to, lie on, to rely on God. And when we rely on God, uh, when we rely on God, we have more than we can handle, and we have more than we can handle, we will experience God's power. You see, that's why I said earlier that it's a good place to be when we come to that point when we say, I can't handle it anymore. In other words, I quit trying on my own power and my own strength because I can't do anything about it. I can't handle this anymore. I can't do anything about what's happening in my life right now. I am helpless, and I will tell you as a believer that's a great place to be, is I can't do it. I can't handle it on my own. You see, it's then that we need God's power It's then that we depend on God's strength and his power. The Apostle Paul experienced the power of God in his life. In 2 Corinthians, Paul said this, I was given a thorn in my flesh. In other words, God, I can't handle this. He was was given a thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now that's pretty tough. A messenger of Satan to torment me. And he wanted it to go away. It was tormenting him. And and the Bible doesn't say what the thorn was, and scholars have debated that and debated that. Some said it may have been that his eyesight was bad. His eyesight was failing him. We don't know exactly what the thorn was, but we know this, that God, that Paul pleaded with God to take it away. When the Bible says, I prayed three times. Now, that doesn't mean he prayed this morning and he prayed at lunch and he prayed at evening. He prayed three times. Okay, God, I believe he prayed and he fasted and he prayed and he fasted and he, and he, and he wailed and he cried out to God. And he did that until he was exhausted. I don't believe he turned to the things of the world. We don't know exactly what the thorn was, but we do know that he pleaded with God. And he must have thought, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you allowing this to happen in my life? And, and if you've been a committed believer for some time, you've found your own thorn, and you've felt the, the, the pang and the pain of the thorn in your life and you've been asking God to take it away, and you can't understand why God won't take it away, it might be you've suffered with a depression. I mean, you suffer with depression. Or anxiety, or, or you have a health issue, or, or your child is suffering, and you just can't understand Or you just can't seem to get ahead financially. Or you feel stuck in a marriage and it just won't get any better. And you pray, God, heal my marriage. God, heal my marriage. Do something, God. I can't stand it anymore. Or you're stuck in a lifestyle that you just can't seem to get out of. Or a job you hate and as much as you apply and try to find something else, you just can't get another job and you prayed and you prayed and you think, God, why can't you help me? Why can't you take this thing away from my life, out of my life? And there's where Paul was at. So listen to what he said to God. It's powerful. It's powerful. And if you're in a place where you've said, I can't handle it anymore, it can help you. But God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Oh, thank you, God. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power, listen to this, my power, God's saying my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. He said, Paul said, therefore, I will boast. (laughs) That seems silly to me every time I read that. Paul's saying, therefore, I'll brag. I'll just go around bragging and boasting to everyone about all the more gladly about my weakness. We hide it, don't we? We don't want anybody to know we're weak. Don't let that person know that about you. It'll change their view of me. We don't want anybody to know we're weak. And Paul says, I boast about it. I boast about my weakness. So that Christ's power may rest on me. You get that? I boast about my weakness. Why? So Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. (laughs) That's a sick boy, isn't it? I delight in weakness that I've got more going on in my life than I can handle. I delight in weakness. I delight in insults. I delight in hardships. I delight in persecutions. I delight in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, let's break that down. Let's look at Paul's response. First, he says, okay, I'm going to brag about my weakness. I'm going to boast about it. Well, why in the world would you boast about it? He's saying, so I can receive God's power. So I can receive God's power. In other words, he's admitting to God that he is weak. And then he doesn't, if that doesn't seem crazy enough to brag about the fact that he's weak, if that's not crazy enough, he says, I'm going to delight in my weakness. In other words, he's going to say, God, thank you. Thank you for this thorn in my side that's tormenting me like the devil. Thank you, God, that I have more on me than I can handle. I delight. I'm thankful. And me, I walk around like, poor old you're here. And Paul's saying, thank you, God, I delight in it. I'm bragging about it. I'm weak. I got this thorn in my side. I got more than I can handle. Thank you, God. Wow, he's thanking God for the hardships in his life. He's thanking God for the persecutions that he's going through and the difficulties that he's facing. <clears throat> well, why in the world would he do that? Because he realized that when he is weak, then because of God's power, he's strong. He realizes it's in his weakness that he, God's power, is strong. He's saying that when I have more than I can handle, I need to tap into God's power, which is beyond my ability to understand, my ability to understand. Paul is saying it's beyond his ability. But Paul understood the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lived in him. Do you realize that? That the same power that raised a dead man, a man that had been in the grave three days, who was bound in grave clothes, that God raised him from the dead. That's power. That same power lives in you. That same power lives in me. And that's what Paul realized. And we we too can experience the same power that lives in us today. If you're married or if you're raising teenagers or if you attend public schools or if you commute on I-95, if you have blood running through your veins... You will one day have more in your, going on in your life than you can humanly handle. And you will remember, need to remember God's presence. Ah, oh, God is present in my life. God still loves me. You need to remember that. And, 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 you'll, need the, and you'll need the power of God that lives in you so that you can live above the pain and mess of this life. God didn't create us to do this on our own. You realize that we are not created to handle stress, right? God didn't create us to handle stress. God didn't create us to handle anxiety. Our bodies are not created to handle that. God created us to depend on him. And God empowered us so that we could overcome and live in victory no matter what's happening in our life, no matter what's going on. We weren't created to stress about it. We weren't created to have anxiety about it. We weren't created to worry about it. Our body can't take that, and that's why stress and anxiety and worry makes us sick and breaks down the body. We were created to depend on God and his presence and his power in our lives. That's a good and loving God that will do that for us. You see, twisted thinking says, man, I've got to be strong. I've got to be strong because God will never give me more than I can handle. Today may be the time for you, like Paul, to begin bragging about your weakness. Okay, I want somebody to stand up and brag about your weakness. Okay, who's going to do that? Stand up, Devin. Brag about your weakness, buddy. Um, Um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Devin. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to brag about your weakness. If you've got something going on in your life, more than you can handle, I want you to just pinch the person beside of you, if you know the person. I just want you to tap that person <laughs> and brag about it because you got more going on in your life. Do you raise your hand because you want to say something? And that's your weakness. Can you, and you're going to learn to depend on God and call on his power when you suffer with anxiety. Right? Praise the Lord. See, she's bragging. And that takes courage to brag about it. <laughs> In fact, you suffer with anxiety. That's good stuff. Thank you, Devin. Thank you, Ariane. You see, today may be the time that you need to begin bragging about your weakness and thanking God for it so that by God's power living in you, you can live strong. And you don't have to donate to live strong. You can live strong. I'm not saying it's wrong to donate that. I don't know why I said that. But when you come to the point where you can say, I can't handle it anymore, I can't do it on my own, it's then that you're at the place where God's power, because you see, it's in your weakness that God will make you strong. If you're here today and you're in a place in your life where you got more on your plate than you can handle, remember, you need his presence and you need to acknowledge, even brag about how weak you are to handle it on your own so his power can be made strong in you. You see, if it worked for Paul, it'll work for us because God's the same today, same when Paul was there, he's the same God then, he's the same God now, and he'll be the same God tomorrow. God is faithful, God is faithful, God is faithful to meet us in the mess and pain of our lives. Listen to what Jesus said, come to me all you who are struggling and carrying heavy loads and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. Here's what Jesus says, I am gentle and humble and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. Sign Jesus. Let's pray together. Can we just all bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment? The band's gonna join us on the stage. And, but if you've got more going on in your life right now, you know what? There's somebody that I preached this message for today because I was gonna speak on, up until Wednesday morning, I was gonna speak on the message, there's more than the lie, the twisted thinking, that there's more than one way to God. And God changed my heart early that morning. I love it, but I hate it when he does that. But he did it for somebody here. Because some of you here, somebody here today has got more going on in your life than you can handle. Or I wouldn't be speaking this message today. more than you can handle on your own strength and here's what I want you to do I want you with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed even the band for a moment and if you're online I I, I just want you right now to admit to God that God I am weak I am weak I'm at a bad place I can't handle it anymore Remember, the Bible says, in my weakness, I am strong in the Lord. And so with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, just for a moment, I want to pray for you this morning, even online. Somebody was watching online last night and they said, I raised my hand and you prayed for me. So it's not about me seeing your hands, it's about you acknowledging that you're weak and you need prayer. So if, if that's you today, would you just slip up your hands and say, buddy, pray for me. Just put it right up and put it right back down. Wow. Life's tough, isn't it? Life's tough. Anyone else? Yeah, I see your hands. God sees your hand; He knows your heart. Yeah. In the back, I see your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each and every person in this room today. Father, there are believers here today, in this room, that are going through a difficult time in their life. There are those online, or maybe even in the cafe. And I pray right now, God, in our weakness, we will be strong. That God, even when we think that you don't love us, don't care about us, God, we know otherwise. So I pray, Lord, that your perfect peace will rest upon those who today have boasted about their weakness. I pray for Ariane and Devin who publicly bragged, boasted, acknowledged their weakness. I pray for them specifically today, Lord, that your power Your power would make them strong. If you're here today and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, this power, this presence is not available to you. But you can walk out of here today in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, If you'll just simply pray this prayer with me, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. You just pray that. I believe, you can pray it under your breath or out loud, I believe that you died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my savior. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. And thank you, Jesus, for being my savior. Now, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed just one more time, if you prayed that prayer, would you slip up your hand and say, I prayed that prayer acknowledged to God all across the auditorium. God bless you, each of you. Now, if you raise your hand, I want to invite you to go back to the table in the back of the room. You can't miss it as you're walking out and talk to one of our pastors that'll be there because they want to share with you about what God has done in your life today and give you a wristband that will be a constant reminder of what God has done for you today. Father, thank you for those who have prayed the prayer of salvation today. Pray you bless each one in Jesus' name. Now, we're going to worship together, so we can stand and we'll worship together. And during this time, if, you know, the Lord so leads you and you just want to come and pray at this altar and leave your burden here, confess your weakness, boast about it, I invite you to come and pray. And let's just worship God and go from there.